A Life of Music Rocks presents Mind Cassettes. Hello and welcome to Mind Cassettes, a series something, episode something. A musical journey through time and space, free fingers deep within the void of the most significant eras in musical history which usually ends up just being three blokes moaning about a specific genre of music. Uh, Today's genre may actually do all the moaning for us, because we're talking about grunge, the Seattle sound from 1985 to 1995. Asterix, Richard. My name is Crispy Chris Flannel Fatcap Foxen, and I'll be your host through this uplifting journey into the world of dismal teenage pessimism. I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts, I ain't never teen. Well, let's start that again. <laughs> Cut. Put a stamp there. <laughs> I am joined, as always, by my two co-hosts, and I ain't never seen two pretty BFFs. Firstly, my shaggy sugar plum chum, Richard Bearded Karen Eaton. What's <laughs> happening, dude? <laughs> You're not looking forward to this, are you, man? Not in the slightest. Now, I hope this episode lasts as long as the whole grunge movement did, and it's over pretty fucking quickly, boys. <laughs> and miles and miles away, across the seven oceans of heroin, Mr. Toxic Tears himself, melancholy Michael Guyliner Gaskell. <laughs> Michael, are you ready to destroy hair metal once and for all? Yeah, I, I'm not sure about destroying it. I quite like but. Well, I say quite like this genre. I thought I quite liked this genre <laughs> until <laughs> until about a week ago when I started to plan for this episode and realised I know nothing about grunge. To be honest, there's not much to know, is there? <laughs> there's not much to know. You've got the five grunge bands and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> is there five? Is it not four? <laughs> Yeah, four, and then the bands are joined together to make supergroups and stuff. Yeah. Or more grunge and stuff, yeah. Or There's not much that, grunge, is there? Yeah, or bands that released one grunge album and decided against doing that one again. Yeah. <laughs> because the singer hung themselves or died of heroin overdose and stuff like that. We're going to get into that. There's going to be a lot of dead people in this um, yeah. <laughs> this podcast, I think. Um, so, yeah, what, what's grunge? What the fuck is it? Any ideas? <laughs> I've spent a week listening to it and I'm still none the wiser as to exactly what grunge is. Yeah. I, I think I think I get it in sort of heavy, deep tones, quite lo-fi. Um and I always I always think punk, but some of the some of the songs have been a bit more glammy and a bit yeah, heavy rock. Yeah. I found that, I found that, yeah. It's just, I think it's like the start of the alt-rock movement, isn't it? Anyway, so, from Wikipedia, grunge, sometimes referred to as the Seattle sound, is an alternative rock genre and subculture that emerged during the mid-1980s in the American Pacific, Pacific Northwest state of Washington, particularly in Seattle and nearby towns. Grunge fuses elements of punk rock and heavy metal, but without punk's structure and speed. Punk structure. Well, I'm just, <laughs> just going to call, yeah, call Wikipedia you know, on that. The three-card structure. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah uh, and verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, bridge, end. <laughs> <laughs> Two-minute songs. Two-minute like... 37. <laughs> Done. Album, 36 minutes. 
Live gig, four hours and 27. Yeah, how, how? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the genre featured, featured the distorted electric guitar sound used in both genres, although some bands performed with more emphasis on one or the other. Like these genres, grunge typically uses electric guitar, bass guitar, drums, and vocals. Grunge also incorporates influences from indie rock bands such as Sonic Youth. Lyrics are typically angst-filled and introspective, often addressing themes such as social alienation, self-doubt, abuse, neglect, betrayal, social and emotional isolation, psychological trauma, and a desire for freedom. God, this is going to be fun. So like emo, but less of the self-loathing and more projecting of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah not the, it's just not the world hates me. This is I hate the world. Also, it's more heavy metal then. Perfect. <laughs> No wonder Chris has been looking forward to this episode. <laughs> Do you know what? I was looking forward to this episode. I, yeah, it, it was hard work, this. It was hard work. There's, was... there's not much of it out there. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. It was difficult. It was very difficult, this episode. <laughs> it was. So, yeah, so grunge, like most genres and, you know, and sub-genres that we've covered, it's sort of always been led by a big four. Uh, in this case, it's obviously Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Uh, but after digging into it in the last two weeks, yeah, honestly, there's not much else. <laughs> there's not much else. Um, it, it is quite it's hard. Yeah, it's quite difficult to find other bands. Um, there are a few um, of which most people wouldn't have heard of. Yeah, and none outside of Washington. Like, you know, I've probably found a few in California and I've got one from Australia. But um, yeah, yeah, they're all just sort of settled in and they all seem to be friends and all just like play the same gigs and stuff. So yeah, it's very, very niche and it's weird. Um, but it changed the world so, so massively, so massively in such a short amount of time. It like sort of grew overnight and then sort of died just do as you, quickly. Do you think it, it was the the song that that changed the world. Oh, sorry, the genre that changed the world, or a set particular person who was big in this genre at the time. His story. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously, obviously, and like, it's probably you know we don't need to give spoilers away to who that is, but we won't we won't get into that because I'm yeah. sure we're going to talk about this man, this man, the poster boy, and that song, that song, you know, that became the sort of. The biggest rock and roll song. I don't know if it's, it's got to be up there, the biggest of all time. But um, I don't know. It, and it is credited as the genre that killed glam rock and hair metal and stuff. I, 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 yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It just sort of stopped. Grunge came, grunge died, and then we sort of grew. We grew, and it's weird. It's weird. But yeah, the influence of grunge, it's still, uh, still felt very much today. Uh, the genre went on to branch out globally into post-grunge with bands like Nirvana and Puddle of uh, Nirvana, Nickelback and Puddle of Mud. It's very hard not to mention the band. Uh, right, you, let's do that again. You actually just mixed up Nickelback and Nirvana. Wow. I did. <laughs> wow. I've lost all credibility. We right, are going that's, offline. That, that's for the blooper reel, that. <laughs> no, that doesn't deserve it. Like, <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the influence of grunge is, is still felt today. You know, the the genre went on to branch out globally into post grunge with bands like Nickelback and Puddle of Mud, into Britpop and indie with bands like Radiohead and Coldplay, into new metal with bands like Korn and Deftones. Um, so the effects of grunge are still still totally there. Um, 
so yeah, a very small group made a very, very big impact. So let's get into it. We've each picked five songs, our favorite, do we call them favorites? Yeah. Our favorite grunge songs or the songs that we think best represent represent the genre, the culture in, and the sound. Or, or in, 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 my, in my one where I just thought, let's try and find some songs that are by bands that aren't in that top five list. So anyone else... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So that top five random. list is just reserved for Richard. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Richard is just taking that. <laughs> He's gone paint by number. Right, we've seen each other's lists, obviously, yeah. and Richard's really gone paint by numbers uh, grunge here. You can't thank me later for that when you heard the crap that these two are going to put out there. <laughs> paint by dulcet tones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, paint black and plaid. <laughs> so yeah, of course we've dis- we've disclosed our songs to each other. We all know what's coming up, but we don't know the order uh, in which we've placed them. Um, we'll each say why we've picked the song, uh, why we've placed it where we have, and maybe even give you a fact or two about the song before playing you a little snip of the song. So it's just three mates sitting around listening to tunes. Mega, cool. Let's go, Michael. You first. Draw a shout out band first. Uh, a band that are still doing grunge. Should we, should no. we have a shout out? Doesn't exist. Ever? Doesn't exist. Lies. Yes, Absolute it does. Lies. Yes. I mean, it's not grunge in as it was back in in the late eighties, but this is a modern day band taking a, a twist on grunge. Um, so I've gone for a band that I've seen I've seen personally over in uh, in Manchester at the at the soup kitchen, and this is a band called Sir, which is French for sister. Uh, it's dual fronted band, uh, two females and a bloke. They are from Bristol. Uh, and they it's a, do. So it's a triple band. Then, no, it's dual fronted because the two girls are singing and playing guitar and bass, and the dudes at the back on the drums. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you let that go. Yeah. <laughs> so the from the from <laughs> Bristol. Uh, the, the the music is is, is <clears throat> a bit poppy. Um, but they call it like math pop. I don't quite understand what that means, but it's uh, yeah grungy as well. Really good. Uh, like I said, give it give them a listen. They're a cool band. Um, so the only one I'm going to play is, is No Fire. So yeah, it's a uh, it, math rock, math rock sound. No, there's definitely, yeah. definitely grunge undertones there, isn't there? Definitely, uh, definitely inspired by it. You know, I'm sure it wouldn't be out of place, out of place back there. So that yeah, that's uh, spell S O E U R, yeah. S O E U R, yeah. Brilliant. Yes, check them out. Check them out. Right, come on, give us your four and your number five. My number five and my number four. So, number five is gonna start heavy, gonna start on a number that you yeah. wouldn't expect. Um, I'm starting with Nevada. Yeah, that, that's the way this is the way it's starting. We're gonna start on Nirvana Nevada. in at number five. You but, got four, yeah, four be better honest, than Nirvana. The order of this doesn't really constitute my likingness of it. I just think it, it's gonna be a cool order to make the podcast sound good. Um, 
So, yeah, I'm starting in the with... <laughs> what fucking bullshit is this? Rich, just look at you like you're a complete sellout with this. <laughs> but my other ones will make sense. I don't want to I don't want to announce my other ones just yet because I, th- I think they've got a cool twist to them and, and I want to play that a bit later on. So we'll start... I like it, man. I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm strapped in now. Uh, so this, this is off the 1990... Uh, sorry, 1989 album Bleach. Uh, and it is Blue... I know you wanted it later on, but come on, there's probably going to be more Nirvana, isn't there? So uh, it, it was actually originally written uh, by Kurt Cobain, obviously, and it was his first song on the band's debut album from June 1989 and released under Sub Pop. The, the Bleach version of Blue was accidentally recorded a step lower uh, than the anticipated, which is why it's got that extraordinary heavy sound, just in case you didn't know. And, and it's got undertones of uh, entrapment and control running through it according to Wikipedia and other internet sources. Nice, nice. Are you going to give us any facts about Nirvana? Because there might be people out there who haven't heard of them. Um, uh, no, they probably aren't. No, leave it. Probably <laughs> listening to the wrong the wrong episode. But, I mean, there are facts about Nirvana. Um, it's three blocks. One of them, one of them's died. One of them is in a famous rock band. Can't remember. Don't know where the other one is. Uh, probably in another band. There you go. There's some facts. There you go. I'll do. I'll do. I don't think Dave Grohl was around when Bleach came out, was he? Bleach is by far Ooh, Nirvana's best album, well, by the way. I'm I've saying it. Co- I'm saying it. I've got some interesting facts, probably some time later on about uh, Dave Grohl um, and his contribution. He's a oh, fucking yeah. legend. <laughs> Woo! If Nirvana's like next two albums sounded like Bleach, I honestly think they'd probably be my favorite band of all time. I think it's, it's just so like it makes you feel dirty listening to it. It's like it's just yeah, it's so raw and. I've yeah, also got I've got some interesting facts about Nirvana's anticipated next album that was potentially in the pipelines. So yeah, okay. More are we, we going to? Okay, so more Nirvana coming. There's a surprise. I, I, well, actually, it's a. It, I, I have that fact in a non-Nirvana song. So, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Number four. Number four is that said non-Nirvana song. <laughs> <laughs> really interestingly, and wow, that, that it, was built up. Wasn't it? It yeah, was, no, I, he's got a script, man. This is lovely. <laughs> that was I, I planned on doing this a little bit later on, but. Uh, to be honest, it's not—it's not your stereotypical grunge. In in that, when I tell you the band is, you'll be like, "What? What? These aren't grunge." And to be fair, they're not. But this album is, uh, and this is off the 1994 album called Monster, uh, and it is by none other than REM. Yeah, you chose the wrong song off that album, but okay. <laughs> I chose the wrong song off that album. Yeah, we've had a. Uh, What's the frequency, Kenneth? Before on this, and it is the most favorite, al- most 
often played song off that album. But the reason I've gone for this song, uh, and the song is called Let Me In, is it was actually written about uh, Kirk Bain. And quite interestingly, and so obviously the guys from R.M. Nirvana were quite good friends and and, um, he was quite close to Kurt Cobain. Um, I think one of the reasons that contributed to him writing, or R.M. writing about it, was Kurt Cobain had actually (laughs) just whip out a a rocket lolly and eat it on it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just hand that to your wife to open it? So you can no. It out. no, I've been sat it the whole time. My bum's wet. And I popped it open. So I was moving out of the way of I've got to eat this now. Oh. Uh, so I'm so, sorry, man. I'm sorry. So so what's what's no. actually quite quite interesting about this was REM wrote this about Kirk Cobain. What happened then? Mate, you just deep throat your lolly. <laughs> I've got to, man. I've got to get it through quickly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no gag reflex there, is there? <laughs> so, so anyway, like I say, RBM wrote this about Kurt Cobain. Uh, the, the song Let Me In is actually about him being on the phone to Kurt, trying to get into his frame of mind. But quite interestingly, um, Kurt had expressed that he really likes REM and on their next album wanted to write a couple of songs that were more of an R.E.M. feel. Wow, really? He wanted yeah. to write some songs for yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. So they wanted a few songs that were more R.E.M. feel than... Uh, so he wanted to kill Grunge off, basically. There and there. <laughs> Fair play. It, so there you go. It, to be fair. it was the right time. Some uh, interesting facts. I like that. Uh, so, yeah, this is R.E.M. Let Me In. I tried to find a quick 30 seconds of that would demonstrate it, but... Um, that, that's pretty much how this whole song sounds, just... You are correct. Really. It, it, is, it is quite like... Like you said, there, that whole album is is grungy, and there are probably other songs that uh, more emphasise that, but I thought this is a bit more fitting, given who it was about. Yeah, given the uh, the subject matter, definitely. Yeah, I, to, to be honest, I was uh, when when you said you were going to put an REM song in, I was I was pretty angry. To be honest, yeah. with you. no, no, you're getting grunge wrong. But I listened to it and you bang on. That's that's grunge as fuck. Grunge as fuck. Yeah, right. Shall I go next? Shall I uh, give you my five and my four? Uh, uh, yeah, no. So, uh, okay. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> uh, right, my number five. Uh, right, so this is a band not from Seattle, uh, but from San Diego, California. Uh, the Stone Temple Pilots. That's a pretty grunge-ass band name, isn't it? I think, uh, you know, it's a pretty cool name. Um, so the song I've chosen is one of, you know, it's probably their biggest hit, to be honest with you. Um, it's, it's a Grammy Award-winning song uh, from 1992. It's the band's first single to top the Billboard mainstream rock chart uh, from their debut album, Core, 
I've picked the song Plush, and it's grunge as fuck. Uh, so yeah, the singer at the time, Scott Weiland, uh, said the lyrics are a metaphor for a failed relationship, and it's uh, loosely based on a newspaper article that he read about a girl who'd been kidnapped and killed. Um, now, if there are any like hardcore grunge fans listening, you know, you're probably wondering why this is only at number five. And not number one, but uh, I have actually got four better songs lined up. Uh, but that said, you know, this is an absolute fucking tune and I love it. Um, you know, it should be up there on any on any grunge list, definitely. So yeah, Plush by uh, Stone Temple Pilots. quite a nickelback for some reason <laughs> I, I get i get how nickelback has now come from that because that sounded quite nickelback <laughs> you probably alienated a few uh, grunge fans if anyone's listening to this who <laughs> haven't heard us before um, <laughs> but no i totally agree i totally i think nickelback you know like definitely born from the ashes of grunge aren't they and nickelback have got some good songs we ever, are we ever are we recorded? Do... Did we just record that then? <laughs> are, we, are we recording? Make sure that put a note on that time there. Put a note on it. Get it out to all his little metalhead friends. <laughs> He's fucking ruined. <laughs> I said they've got a couple of good songs, man. They've like got a Nickelback tattoo. <laughs> Not got a, what's his Prove name? It. Chad Kroger. <laughs> Prove I'll preview you right now. I'll preview for right now on this on this camera. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to hide. <laughs> Strip off and give us a swirl. (laughs) Uh, Right, moving swiftly on. Uh, So uh, my number four, this is an all-female band, also from California. Uh, This song is from Grand Theft Auto. It's not from, but it was featured on uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which is definitely where I first heard it. Uh, I don't think I've heard it anywhere else from them, but, you know. I liked it and I've listened to it since then. Uh, so the song is uh, Pretend We're Dead by L7. Um, so this song was produced by Butch Vig, who produced um, Nevermind by uh, this band that we're probably going to talk about again. And he went on to also form a band, which I absolutely adore, uh, Garbage. Um, and, you know, I'll bet good money that Garbage borrowed a lot of their sound from L7. And there's definitely definitely tones of them in that uh, so this song was written by a heartbroken donita sparks who's the front woman for l7 uh, she'd just come out of a long relationship uh, she said the only way that she could deal with the um with the heartbreak is by pretending her ex-partner was dead um however however due to the nature of the band and the uh you know the time uh, being an all-female band in the uh, in the early 90s uh, they wanted to appear a bit stronger and a bit more independent so they decided not to write any songs about love or relationships or anything like that so pretend you're dead became pretend we're dead which um, seems a bit fiercer i guess <laughs> Uh, the name L7 is a slang, is an American slang term for um, square, you know, like a nerdy, boring, 
goody two shoes. Uh, yes, L7, which is um, a deliberately chosen. <laughs> <laughs> L7, not you do. You doing like two? You want to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. You're doing a diamond, uh, DDP seven, style. Seven. <laughs> um, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, the band, they chose that name because it's uh, quite a general, a general, a gender neutral sign. Uh, another great tune, you know, I'm fucking smashing this, me. Yeah, Pretend We're Dead by L7. See, that's got quite a different sound than what we've listened to uh, so far, hasn't it? It's yeah, it's had, it had, yeah, it had yeah, more, yeah, more of an upbeat electric. Whilst there was a, a lot of distortion in that, it was quite um, upbeat. Yeah, what's the word? Yeah, yeah, not major? not sludge, not sludgy and like slow and like you know. There, there are going to be songs that, um, that that I like that I think. Uh, Richard, you know, usually when we do these podcasts, you're dancing away, you're singing along. You've not seen, I saw a little bit of a head movement then. Um, but, Richard, I'm sorry, mate. You're going to have to um, have a go at some point. So uh, <laughs> let's have your number five and number four, please, dude. All right. So all, all my, 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 my fucking five down to number two could go in any order because they are all absolute bangers. I'm the only one of these idiots who's done it right. You're all going to know these songs. They're all proper grunge songs. They're all in like the top 10 grunge songs of all time. Oh, your <laughs> list? Yeah, my list, yeah. So your list my is list. predictable? Absolutely, yeah, which is what the good people want. Mm. You know, grunge was around for two and a half years, yeah. so you know, you have to give people what they want. So, so basically, so anyway. like, when someone asks for a Green Day song and, and they go, Basket Case is good, and you're kind of like, fuck off. You're just doing 500 that. Five hundred and fifty million plays on Spotify tells me it's good. Yeah, but you know, you just yeah, but people to... don't need to listen to it again. People aren't going to like click on a podcast, a Green Day podcast. They don't want to hear something different, something a bit. I'm sorry, right? Yeah, but when you're in the rock club, right, and it's two a.m. in the morning, you're a bit like fucking hammered on it, and that song drops. You know you're in a good time. But this is a very specific podcast where we're talking about a specific thing where we like push the ball out a little bit and not be like, yay, let's play the best five songs. No, no, no. I envision our audience sitting in like the fucking lounge of summer, two o'clock in the morning, slightly smashed, listening to our podcast, having a giggle, smashing on some bangers. Not you two. Oh, fuck no. You've got to get out the old lyric quest and have a look what they are. These bad boys of mine just know it. <laughs> anyway, shut the fuck up and go. <laughs> <laughs> number five, in no particular order. Number five, Pearl Jam, Jeremy, released in 91, got to number 15 in the UK charts. Really fucked up topic of song. It's about a 15-year-old lad who is named Jedi Medell. He's in high school, takes a gun into class, shoots himself in front of the class. Fucking horrific. Hmm. Can't get much more grunge than that, can you? That's you know that pretty much sums up the genre to me. Um, horrible, horrible thing. Couldn't imagine anything worse. Not only for his family, but for the classmates that were sat there as well. Not great. Um, moving on from that though, the video to the song was an absolute massive success. Huge, won loads of awards and everything. So much so that the band decided not to release another music video for six years. 
as they felt the video was overtaking the importance of the song. Which mm. I think is no way. That well, is cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, the kid in the video who who sort of like sort of based on on this Jeremy Dahl chap, he didn't do any more acting after this. He got he, he was too much like under pressure of the fame and whatnot, and unfortunately died at the age of thirty six, drowning. Jesus, so this every, is. Uh... This is, this is heavy stuff, man. This is really heavy stuff. This is why I've not been a big fan of grunge. It's all too heavy for me. This is why I like pop punk. You know, wake up, the house is on fire, the cat's, the cat's stuck in the dryer. Good good family fun. This is just far too heavy for me. Far too heavy. But it's, it's such a great song, even if it's got such a sad subject matter. Shall we, uh, shall we see? Shall we see what's going on with Jeremy? Yes. Great song, man. Great song. That's what's weird is now our number fives in our top fives, our number five bands are Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, and Pearl Jam. Uh, we, we've got to bring it for these lists now. If there's like any sort of um, and your new listeners thinking like that's their number fives. <laughs> they're strapped in now, they're listening now. We've got we've got really got to bring it. Wait till Fresh I show now. Wait till I show you my number four then, boys. You'll get really excited by that one. And that's right now. Woo! So dropping straight into number four is Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. A 1994 release, so it's just on the cusp of our timings, and it reached number 12 in the charts. Amazing, this was Soundgarden's breakthrough hit. This is what really lit them up to the world stage, which was quite surprising because they did have some other songs before this that were quite decent if you go back and listen to them. Um, yeah. yeah, this song is written by the late Chris Cornell as well. I don't really have much more to say on it. It's just a great <laughs> song. I have got some notes, but. It's just talking about how he liked, Chris Cornell liked the idea of, you know, a black hole and a sun sort of combining together. It's something so bleak and black and just a tiny ray dot of hope type thing merging together. But that's not who I am. That's not what I talk about. Yeah, it's quite, you know, it's quite a nice juxtaposition. And I'm sure we're going to, uh, Chris Cornell will be spoke about later on in this as well when we Definitely. start getting to the nitty gritty into our, um, to our number what, twos and ones and stuff. But yeah, great song. Great song. That's uh, oh, amazing song. Amazing.
What were you squinting at then, motherfucker? I I was looking at the times you'd given me, and I was trying to figure out why you'd given me one minute for Black Awesome when the, the time allotted is 30 seconds for four and five. Then I got really confused of why your next song starts at the time point zero eight. I'm like, what time is point zero eight? Is it about eight seconds into the song? No, that would be point... That would be 80 seconds. <laughs> That'd be 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. <laughs> What point zero eight. I don't know if I jump in point zero eight. Fuck off, man! It's thirty six degrees outside. I'm absolutely melting here. Shoulders, toes, and knees. I'm thirty six <laughs> degrees. Where's it warmer? I know it's nine o'clock where you are. Well, no, it's closer to ten now, isn't it? Um, where's it warmer though? Like, are, um, are we beating you at the moment? Is, is Britain beating Spain? It's twenty eight degrees here at nine o'clock at night. Uh, twenty to ten. <clears throat> oh, it's twenty five here, but I'm on the coast. So yeah, it's hot over here. It's been thirty-four today. Oh no, we had we got thirty today. I was in Manchester. We got thirty. We got thirty yesterday as well. Oh, I don't actually know what the highest been today. To be honest, I have no idea. What the yeah, 30, well, thirty was in Manchester. I don't know what it is here over here on this side of the world. Oh, oh it's highest is twenty-six. It's warm and there's no fucking breeze. There isn't, man. There isn't. There isn't. Black hole sun. That's what it feels today. <laughs> it does, it does. That's, that's the weather forecast. Black hole sun. <laughs> Black hole sun. Michael, are you ready to give us your number three? I am ready to give us your number three. <laughs> give you my number three, even. <laughs> so, yeah, can I do mine later? <laughs> uh, my number three is uh, by another Chris Cornell song. Um, this time it is Chris Cornell with Eddie Vedder off of uh, Pearl Jam. Um it is from the band Temple of the Dog, and the song yeah. is Hunger, uh, Hunger Strike. Um, it's from 1991, and it got 51 in the UK charts. Uh, interestingly enough, Eddie wasn't uh, wasn't planned to do any of the vocals on this, but on the day that we were recording, Chris had was having a bit of a sore throat, and and Eddie just you know just started singing them, and and you know as they say, rest is history, and he ended up getting quite involved in it, uh, and and did some of the vocals on this as well. Uh, they only did the one album together, but they do quite often, or historically did quite often, get back together and, and do random um, get-together tours. It's cool, isn't it? Like grunge, this small niche, short-lived um, genre, even had its own supergroup. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Grunge just did it all, and it just did it all in this little, uh, little amount of time. It did. Yeah, Temple of the Dog, great band, great band, great album.
see that song to me when I was listening to it yesterday. It just sounded like it was fucking skipping. What do you honestly. mean? Uh, it just it just it just doesn't flow. It just jumps around the noise. So like you know, I was driving. I was going you know yesterday. I was going to the funeral, and uh, I was listening to the song. I only got through five shots and I've got an absolute shite playlist. And this 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 came and I was like, I had to like go come off the maps on my fucking screen in the dash in the car to look at the song to see what the fuck was going on. And it wasn't. It was playing smooth as you like. On the old time, but I was like, that's just horrendous. I didn't think anything more of it until I just listened to it again now and it's done the exact same thing. So, yeah, it's uh, not a fan. Okay, I'm not a fan of that. Oh, I, I really enough. like it. Fair yeah, enough, yeah. you know. Each to their own. Everyone's got their own opinion, even if it is a shit one. But, you know, each to their own. <laughs> I'm glad you agree it's shit, Michael. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, oh, you chose fair, it, pal. But, fair you know. enough, I, uh, I walked into that one. No, great song. A worthy number three there. Chris, move on. You're number three. Okay, right. This is, it's getting really hard for me now. Uh, my top three. A bit, hey. <laughs> Why would she say that? He, he said that. <laughs> uh, if, the ma- if, the la- if the man wants to be a lady. You, we're talking lady. lady boners. We're talking lady boners now. That's what we've digressed to, yeah. Pretty much. Okay. But yeah, um, like you, Richard, you know, the, 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 my top three now could be in any order. Um, I've just sort of ordered them how I think it should, you know, for the, for the flow of the podcast, a bit like Michael. Um, so yeah, cause my, my top three bands now is three bands. That I absolutely love three bands. That I've loved for years and years, three bands. That I still listen to all the time, three bands that I've seen live. Um, but I think this one had to go in at number three because, um, because I didn't think of it right away when we said we were going to do grunge. Also, this band isn't from Seattle. Uh, they're not even from the USA. They're from Australia, but they are 100% grunge. Okay, let me start now by saying the oldest member of the band when this song was recorded was 15. So keep that in mind when you listen to it. Keep that in mind that the oldest member of this band was 15 when this song was recorded. I hate it already. I hate you for people who are good at something. It's like watching the Euros and there's like an 18-year-old lad spanking in goals and you're like, God damn it, man, at 18, I can barely even like get my life together. I know, yeah, and like, I think it's two 15-year-olds and a 14-year-old wrote this song. Jesus. Um, so, yeah, grunge, although it's like a pretty distinctive sound, um, I think grunge is probably more about creating a mood rather than creating a sound. Does that make sense? It made sense when I wrote my notes. Yeah. <laughs> to me, yeah. grunge should be wrote about like wrote by people our age who've had some shit to deal with in life. I know, it all seems to be kids, didn't it? Like... Yeah, it's mad. <laughs> like teenage oh, angst, people... like emo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> teenage <laughs> angst and like a, an old granddad mm. soul mindset. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's what's going on. Yeah. These emo, they're just talking about like girls dumping them and stuff, which happens quite frequently as a teenager. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not me. I never had a girlfriend as a teenager. I was small, fat, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> Um, so yeah well this song you know to keep on with the flow of um, you know heavy things this song is, is about an execution <laughs> it's inspired by the singer yeah the singer he watched the documentary about um, you know about war about the second world war and then went to bed and had a dream about it and then woke up and wrote this song <laughs> 15 year old man he's fucked up he had to be he had to be a musician or else he'd become a serial killer or something. Uh, right. <laughs> the band in question is Silverchair. Um, and this is from their 1995 debut album, Frog Stomp. And the song is called Israel's Son. 
Uh, right, I first heard this song um, on the manga, the animated Street Fighter 2 movie. In fact, I heard this song loads of times before I even knew what it was or who it was by. Um, but yeah, fact about this song now. So in a 1996 murder trial, uh, the defending lawyer said this song was to blame when two teenagers killed their parents and younger brother. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the defending lawyer, he stated that the song and its opening lyrics, hate is what I feel for you and I want you to know that I want you dead, uh, were almost a script for what actually happened in this murder. Uh, but the manager of the band, who, um, you know, who was still young teenagers at the time, were still young teenagers, released a statement saying the band do not condone violence in any way. And anyway, it was later, um, it was later judged that the song played no part in the murder and the two kids did it for no reason other than to steal money and move to California. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice, <Wow>. heavy stuff. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is Israel, <laughs> Israel's son by uh, Silverchair. This song is fucking brilliant. That's the voice of a fifteen-year-old. <laughs> Fucking See, I, only, I only listened to that song for the first time ever today, and I actually really liked it. So I'm probably going to go and check those guys out a bit more. Oh yeah, they went on. To, you know, they went on to, to become quite big, really, really did, big in Australia. Did he go on to another band or anything? Because his voice sounds for similar to somebody else. I think he did some. So, I think he did some solo work, and he's featured on a few things. Uh, he, he married um, Natalie Imbruglia as well. Really? Oh, no way, an Australian one. Yeah, yeah, well, they're an Australian band. <coughs> yeah. Oh, are they? <laughs> they are, yeah. Yeah, did you not yeah. listen did you to mention the... that? <laughs> yeah, you did. Four times. <laughs> I am so sorry. I mean, that's how much interest I've got in this this particular episode, boys. I missed that point four times, mate. Oh, <laughs> well, I feel like an ass. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he did do some solo. I don't know if it was solo work or he, did, he made a band with his brother or something. Um, but yeah, yeah, I didn't know Silverchain. You know, they went on and they, they kept going and they, you know they progressed their sound and stuff. I think they're still going. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. of his voice. He probably reminds me of someone. You'll probably know some Silverchair songs, some of the latest stuff. I couldn't include yeah. it because it's after our. Um, that was right on the end. That was '95. That one. So I couldn't include it because it was after. Anyway, man, number three, your turn. Number three, my turn, straight in with this one, 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins, released in 1995 and reached number 16 in the UK charts. This is more my sort of song, this lads. This is about your transition from being a child into adulthood, all the joys that come with it, you know, going to school, women, 
in this guy's case, obviously, he's got responsibilities like paying for a car and a side job and all that sort of stuff. And you can't really depend on your parents financially for much longer type thing. It's just a brilliant, brilliant premise for a song. It's great. What's really upsetting me is the other day I read something on this that said if this was released in 95, about 1979, if we were to do that today, we'd have to call it something like 2006 or something like that. And that depressed the fuck out of me. No way, man. Because to me, 2006 was like two years ago. <laughs> it's just madness. It's absolute madness. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's just, 2021, just can't, man. <laughs> just can't get my head around it at all. It just, it just messes me up when I think about it, how fast it's going. So did, did you choose I, this one because you <clears throat> couldn't have a swan song on? I wasn't going to mention it. I fucking <laughs> hate the Smashing Pumpkins. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. They were actually, they were, at this point, they were fine. Okay, they were okay at this point in my book. Then Mr. Corbin left the band, fucked it off, created the world's greatest band, Zwan. Did the masterpiece of the album, fucked Zwan off and went back to these rejects. <laughs> Granted, he's had a lot more success with this band, but if he had just stuck it through with Zwan, they'd have been like the biggest Fuck band loads more ever. success. He's already in one of the biggest bands ever. Uh, <laughs> they became one of the biggest bands ever. They, yeah. But if this yeah. was one, it would have been in the <laughs> biggest band ever, pal. Biggest. I wasn't going to mention it, though. I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to let it slide in this episode. That's Michael's fault. Zwan were never going to be the biggest band of all time. <laughs> you, you know nothing. You didn't even bother going watching them. You're shit. You're not old enough to go and able to watch them, and you didn't do it. Before we before we go down that whole trap of Chris not as he in Swan, have you got any more facts before we play this one? Yes, I have. <laughs> yes, I've got one more fact, and it's my favourite fact I've ever done. Right. <laughs> so I was shooting the music video for this this song, right? It took them three days. They they, they filmed it at a kids' party, and the band were playing like the party type thing, if you can imagine. Um, like the house band type thing. One of the crew members lost the video of all the footage. <laughs> the fucking lot of it went. Right? So they didn't have time to go and record it. All the budget to go and re-record it type thing. So they just cobbled it together with like the bits and pieces that they had left over on the cutting room floor type thing. Yeah. And the fuckers made the bloke who'd lost it stand by the side of the road with a sandwich board on. <laughs> said lost tapes. Uh, reward for return on it and then you stand there outside the fucking road <laughs> fantastic <laughs> imagine that there's someone somewhere is going to have that tape aren't they could you imagine oh yeah that? yeah How? Oh, so someone found it and re-recorded over it with someone else <laughs> yeah. just friends probably <laughs> <laughs> brilliant that's, that's, yeah, that's a great fact, that. <laughs> is, there, is there any pictures of that guy with the uh, sandwich board on? I need to I need to see it. They should have used that as an album cover or something. That's brilliant. They should have done. They should. But then, you know, the internet wasn't as widely available and so the word about it wouldn't have got out as easy, would it? It would have just been a, a nonsense album cover, would it, really? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it would. Like a baby. Like you just a random baby chasing a dollar sign naked. Uh, just nonsense album covers. Don't know who that could be. Don't know who that no, could no, be. No, not, not a clue. Not a clue. Let's play 1979 before this episode runs into 1979 minutes. <laughs>
I'm not so sure that's very grungy. Oh, I muted you then. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that again. I'm not so sure that's very grungy. Fucking <laughs> Smashing pumpkins, pal. They are grunge. Enough said. Oh, you just, I just said, you've just said it, so it must be, must be true. It's true. It's true. From my mouth, your ears, boys. It's true. <laughs> I think that's 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 got to be more indie, more uh, more alt rock than, than grunge. I must admit, it is one of my more preferred songs. So yes, it very well could be more indie. You just didn't want to put a different Smashing Pumpkins songs on. I don't know any other Smashing Pumpkins songs, unfortunately. What about today? How's that go? Today. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very much like. <laughs> also, they've got this um, this really, really, really grungy song called Gerald Rock, which um, probably would have fitted a little bit better, which I was in my list for a little while. Honestly, I've never given Smashing Pumpkins the time of day because I found Zwan. I will just run a found Zwan, Michael. 11, 12, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> No, a bit older than that, I think. Okay, well, fair enough. Maybe a bit older. And then I discovered that obviously one broke up and he went back to Smashing Pumpkins and I've just had a, a burning hatred for them ever since. Would you not think, like, oh, maybe I should check out Smashing Pumpkins and get into them, you know, so You'd I can You'd think that, wouldn't you, Chris? Life. But I'm a very single-minded man. <laughs> <laughs> and I like what I know and I know what I like. And I like Do you know what? Well. I did the same with um, Cold Chamber and Devil Driver. So Cold Chamber broke up, and then Des from Cold Chamber went to Devil Driver, and I would not listen to them because I love Cold Chamber. I was really, really annoyed. And um, like now, you know, I don't know, twenty years later or something, and you know, I finally started listening to Devil Driver, who are so much better than Cold Chamber, <laughs> who I could have seen live fifteen times over the years. You know, I'm a bit annoyed by that, but um, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> But you see, it goes on the flip side as well because obviously I love Blink One Eight Two and Tom 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 DeLonge left in it, and I thought, you know what? I'll give Angels and Arrows a chance. What a fucking waste of time that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stick by my principles now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Point made. Point made. Number twos. Number twos. Number Here we two. go. Number Getting two. big now. Get a big Michael. So this is a, another album released by uh, the record label Sub Pop. Um, it is from 1988, so it's actually one of the earlier uh, songs. It's actually classed as it's it's been labelled one of the original true classic grunge songs, um, and it was a massive hit on college radio. Uh, if that makes any difference, um, and that is "Touch Me I'm Sick" by Mud Honey. Um, apparently they're still making albums they've done 11 albums uh, the most recent was 2018 and I gave that a listen and it's still very grungy so grunge did not die um, in the 90s it is still very much alive Be kept what? alive by mud honey <laughs> beautiful <laughs> what, what sort of numbers did that album get on the uh, playlist like you know how many people listen to the 2018 uh, album millions um, Bullshit! Absolute nonsense. <laughs> I actually don't know. Uh, well, oh, we talking re- about the new Mud Honey stuff? Yeah, they released yeah, one in twenty. Yeah, the new stuff. Sorry, they released one in twenty twenty one. You can't really look at that one for plays because no, that's uh, a bit harsh. Oh no, it's uh, sorry. That's like a greatest hits anyway. It is. Me, it is Michael. greatest hits. That's why I ignored it. Yeah. Now, you know I'm a sucker for greatest hits. I love a greatest hits album. 
<laughs> that does not surprise me in the slightest. Oh, oh no, hundred thousand, so probably a million across the entire album. Which is a hundred thousand people have listened to each song. of the ten songs. Uh, once, yeah, yeah, Excellent. yeah, about that. There you go. It's simple math that for the uh, accountant, Michael. <laughs> ten or songs, about hundred thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yep, yeah, so uh, this is uh, Mud Honey, uh, and you'll hear um, tones and, and themes of nihilism and uh, commentary about AIDS in this. So, yeah, sticking with the theme. Touch me! Grunge. It's good. More on the, I think more on the punk rock side of her uh, grunge, but yeah, yeah I was say it's a bit punky. That yeah, definitely like fits. That. Definitely fits the category. You know, if you if you're pulling my 1979 apart, you know that's that's pretty punk on your side there, Michael. Yeah, but it, it definitely sounded grunge at least. <laughs> <laughs> not not like pop. Side by side by side. If you're going to pick which one's the grunge song, yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> No, I nitpick there, Richard, but uh, yeah, Michael wins there. <laughs> uh, right, so my number two, um, and this is where this band should be. It shouldn't be any further up the list, Richard. Um, so yeah, yes, yeah, you know, this is our first uh, first time we're using the band for a second time, and finally for me, a, a first band... time we're using the band for a second time. <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> first, first time, time... this band for a second time. <laughs> First time using a band for a second time. Oh, you know, this, is, this is a repeat. That's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> Shut up, man. Shut up. I'm gonna about to gush out here now. You know, I love this band. I love this band. Uh, so yeah, this is the first band from Seattle that are on my list. A uh, band that I uh, fucking love them. Fucking love them. Uh, you know, I've celebrated this band. You know, most of my life. One of my favorite bands ever. A band that is in the uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A band voted at number eight in Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Live Bands of All Time. A band who have sold more than 85 million records, making them one of the greatest and most successful bands of all time. That's the introduction you should have given them, Richard. Nickelback. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm so talking sorry, about Pearl I've... Jam. Oh, Pearl Jam, right. Okay, that's not what I was talking about, actually. <laughs> yes, I'm talking about Pearl Jam, who rightfully are at number two in a list. So, right, with Pearl Jam, I just couldn't think of what song to pick. You know, I did Flutter Around Jeremy. I flutter around, you know, all the, all the big songs and stuff, but I just couldn't pick it. I wanted to pick something off their first album, so I just decided to pick their first ever song, you know, the first song that they released. Alive, yeah, from their first album, 10. Um, yeah, so this song, it's sort of semi-autobiographical, uh, bio- biographical, 
is the word I'm looking for. Well done, pal. Well done. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Fighting my way through this. <laughs> so it's like a, a fictionalized version of what happened when uh, when Eddie Vedder found out that his dad wasn't his biological dad. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just a it's just a full on Seattle soundness. It really sort of epitomizes grunge for me. Um, also, this song as well. I don't know if you're both going to agree with this, but every single gig I think that I've been to, you know, when the bands are like in between the bands, this song is always on, always on every gig festival. It's just that this is the, the go to in between band songs, no matter what the genre is as well. Sure, I've heard it like electronic bands and stuff. Always. I'll come back to that song. in a minute because I can't think yeah. it, which song it is. <laughs> Even though I've listened to this a few times, I've, I'm that grunged in at the minute. It could be anything here. <laughs> just in a just in a K hole of grunge. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like honestly, between the band, you know, and the speakers, are just I'm sure I hear them at every single gig. Every gig I've been to, I hear this song. So yeah, um, here it is again, <laughs> alive by Pearl Jam. I've never heard that. You've never heard that? At a gig. Not at a gig that I can think of. I I think it's probably something that appears a lot in films as well, doesn't it? Or TV series, but it's definitely one I've heard. I've heard a lot. I've I've heard a lot of the song, but I think that's just... Yeah. I can't, I can't ever think of it actually happening at a gig. Every single one I've been to, I'm saying it. Every single one. Apart <laughs> <Is> it... <laughs> yeah. from maybe, you know, Chemical Brothers or <laughs> things like that. It probably wouldn't work. I, I can imagine it's, it's one that, like, uh, Manchester Arena plays when people are just coming into the uh, arena, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's something at a metal gig, isn't it? Because you don't want to play, like, too aggressive metal to get everyone a bit worn out before the actual band starts. Richard, number two, man. Oh yeah, okay, we're still going out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this this was a very last minute edition. Like literally, what four o'clock this afternoon? I decided I'm going to bang this one in there, and it shouldn't really be in. Yeah, it's wrong. You shouldn't have it. It's the, broken all the rules. Broken all. I have. Yeah, it was released in 1998. But fuck it, it's grunge genre. You can do what I want. Those don't mean <laughs> shit to me. It's uh, celebrities. <laughs> 
And it's uh, Celebrity Skin by Hall, uh, reached number 19 in the charts. I have one fact and one fact on this. I didn't have a chance to really prepare for this one. Courtney Love wrote this song about the pressures of being a public figure. End off. Let's play the song. Oh, make me over. I'm all I want to be. I'll walk and study. In demonology. Hey, so glad you could make it. Yeah, now you're really making it. Hey, so glad you could make it now. Oh, look at my. That song. It's a great song. It's fucking not grunge in any way. Oh, it's not. It's not. I think it's quite grungy. I think it is. it's that's like that's power pop, isn't it? Or like alternative rock or something. That's uh, but annoyingly, it empowers me. It absolutely empowers me. It's a great song. It's a fantastic song. But what's really annoying is that you know, Hall did two albums before then, which were really, really, really grunge, and before 1995. You should have picked one of them. So you picked like doll parts or. Um, or well, Violet or Jennifer's Body. Is it Teenage Whore? I think it's called one of the songs. Or yeah, I'm sure it's Teenage Whore. That's a pretty decent song as well. But that's from their first album, isn't it? Very first album, yeah. But yeah. it's uh, not yeah. as good as Celebrity Skin, in my opinion. Which well, is no, it's not. But it's, it's more grunge. I think their um, their second album, Live Through This. I think that was uh, that's my favorite. I think it's the only one I had back in the day. I've never owned one of their albums. <laughs> in fact, I don't think I've actually owned any album of any of the bands that I've chosen I've stole one off my stepdad you know borrowed never give back type thing but yeah I've never actually been out and bought an album of any of the bands that I've chose uh, well no I've still yeah really no I think I've still I've still probably got every Silverchair album <laughs> do you know what I'll just look behind there and see what I've got I just saw Nickelback Silver Side Up <laughs> <laughs> my god yeah, that's it that with Michael yeah we've got that recording we've got, we've got all of that all of that amazing is it Silver it's definitely Nickelback <laughs> so we've got more than one Nickelback album <laughs> I don't know Paul, are they Jen's album hold on hold on hold on he's now going checking what Nickelback albums he's got oh man oh, he's pulling loads off as well. one two three and a cassette he's, and they were tapping 
I'm back. It's, it's Silver Side Up, including the number one hit single, How You Remind Me. Great song. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate that song. <laughs> yeah, there he is, rocking the T-shirt and the album. <laughs> <laughs> this is an Aerosmith T-shirt. Don't listen to him. You can say whatever you want because you can't see. <laughs> I've permed my hair now. I'm just like a hmm. Chad Groger fanboy. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, right. Where are we? Where are we? Uh, was that Rich's number two? Yeah. yeah. So does that mean we're on to number ones? It is. That's we're exactly on to number where we're ones. That's this is it now. <laughs> this is crunch time now. I think the list has been pretty good so far. I think, I think we're quite happy. Rich has not really picked any grunge songs. Um, Whoa! Don't <laughs> <laughs> no, you quite right. Not, yeah. <laughs> you put Pearl Jam at number five, which is which annoyed me a little bit. But I kept quiet. <laughs> Kept quiet. Michael. This is the second time from the second band that we've had a second song from now. So this is... That's the, wow. <laughs> wow, that's confusing. Love it. Love it. <laughs> this is again Nirvana. It ha- I had to start and end on Nirvana. This time I'm going to the 1991 album, Nevermind. Uh, the specific song got number 10 in the charts in the UK, 64 on the Billboard, and it got number one in Finland. Um Cobain said this song is about um, is about a man who, after the, the death of his girlfriend, turns to religion to avoid coming suicidal. Uh, it's kind of suggesting the connection between um, how lithium is used, uh, and it's really about about that, which is why the song is called Lithium, about trying to prevent the bipolar and all of that. Uh, anyway, this is the interesting fact that I want to get to before. This song was actually written originally with the original drummer, Chad uh, Chad Channing, but uh, it was recorded by Dave, and, and when, when they went to record it, the producer actually said, let's put some more simpler fillers, simpler patterns in it. So Dave's input to this was to bring the, the complexity of the drums down a little bit, make it a bit work better. And I think it does. Not that I've heard the original, but there you go. So was this the first song that Dave Grohl drummed for? No. I don't know. Uh, I think this is the first album he was uh, he Yeah, was well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Brilliant. Cool. Lithium by Nirvana. I'm so happy Cause today from my friends You're in my head I'm so ugly, that's okay, cause so are you We're gonna miss Sunday morning It's every day for all I care And I'm not scared Light my candles in our days Cause I found God Yeah!
that is playing grunge music. <laughs> now we're doing the genre. I mean, it it could quite easily have just been five Nirvana songs, though. Uh, To be honest, Nirvana were my grunge band. I absolutely loved the Nevermind album. Um, And that's why I really thought I was into grunge. Uh, And then the albums after that, you know. There wasn't really much into Bleach until recently. Um, But, yeah. Uh, when When I started to listen to other songs, that was when I started to struggle to find that I... I didn't really know many other grunge songs. Uh, yeah, I think we've got to give like all the all the grunge credit to, probably to Kurt Cobain, haven't we? Because it was like, yeah, grunge got massive overnight, and then it just it died quite quickly. You know, all the bands broke up, the style completely faded, and you know, and it was like at the same time that Kurt Cobain committed suicide. So, like, the death of Kurt Cobain was the death of grunge. Like, it, yeah. it might be a coincidence, I don't know, you know, because fads do go away and stuff. But, um, yeah, I think you've got to just give all the credit to, to Nirvana, maybe. Uh, that said, my number one song isn't Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I've got five songs and not one of them's Nirvana. Am, am I a hipster? Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> this just sums Chris up with everyone we do. It's obscure shit that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Rams it down your throat that you've never heard of them and he's got a better taste in music than you have. That's because it's true. That's because it's true. And like, this is not a band that no one's heard of, man. This is my number one grunge song by my number one grunge band. Is it my number one grunge band? I'd say Pearl Jam are probably still. I probably like Pearl Jam more than I like this band. Um, I hadn't heard of this band until you told me about them. How is that even possible? I don't understand. Right, right. that's honest get. to God's truth as well. That's not me. I don't understand how that's really. possible. Right, I'm going to have to give you some facts and figures in a minute about this band because they're big. They're a massive band. Right, anyway. Um, yeah, so Pearl Jam are my favourite um, grunge band, but the album that this song that I'm about to pick um, appears on, uh, it's, it's fucking, it's superb. From start to finish, there's not a single bad song on this album. Uh, there's not even a single bad moment of a bad song on this album. It's the best grunge album of all time. Um, so my number one spot is going to a band called Alice in Chains. <laughs> really, really big, fucking popular, massive band that are still going today. Um, I'm talking about their, sec- uh, their, their second album, uh, 1992's Dirt. And the song I've picked is Wood. Now, Richard, Alice in Chains are a big band <laughs> and they deserve lots and lots of respect. Um, you know, they've, got, they've had 11 Grammy nominations, uh, sold over 30 million records. They've had 18 Billboard top 10 songs and five number ones. So, you know. Now, Westlife had 11 number ones. <laughs> 326 <laughs> Grammy nominations doesn't mean I've got to like them Chris I'm not oh, saying you've got to like them but the fact you haven't heard them I don't understand why I don't understand where you've been because my music mate begins in about 1996 <laughs> and ends in 2004 anything outside of that bubble can, you know, can we answer can we answer the elephant in the room of how did you originally start listening to Alice in Chains? Has it got a story behind it? Like the reason Richard listens to Mest is because there was a song called What's the Dillio? <laughs> and he thought he said, What's the Dildo? You saw Alice in Chains and thought, Here's some kinky stuff. I'm going to watch it. Turns out it's a song, but liked it anyway. <laughs> Funnily enough, let's, uh, let's go to how I found Alice in Chains then. Right. So this is weirdly, I didn't think this was going to pop up twice in a, in a grunge episode, but yeah, I first heard Alice in Chains 
in the uh, animated manga Street Fighter 2 film. <laughs> right? So I had this film. Loves that film. Do you know what? I had this film on VHS when I was little. When I was little, you know, around 1995, I must have been like nine or 10 or something. And my parents made a terrible error in judgment in giving me that film, right? So in this film, it's like gory, it's violent, it's got loads of swearing in it. You see Chun-Li's tits in it. <laughs> so yeah, there's a little bit of a, a bit of kink in there. Um <laughs> But it also had this amazing soundtrack. Uh, this song wasn't actually on it. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Um, but there was another Alice in Chains song on it, um, Them Bones it was, uh, which is a great song as well. Um, so I bought the CD that Them Bones was on, and then the last track on that CD is uh, is this one, is Wood. And it blew me away. This song, yeah, just it blew that song out of the water and everything like that. Happy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that do. Let's give it a go. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm not finished. I am not finished. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shut your asses up, boys. <laughs> That's just about me. I need to give you some facts. Uh, so this song was written by Jerry Cantrell um, about his friend, uh, Andrew Wood, who was the singer in a very early and very influential Seattle, Seattle grunge band called Mother Love Bone, which is a, um, a great name for a band. Uh, that's also the, you know, the person, the band was, you know, the band Temple of the Dog, Chris Cornell's band, uh, were inspired in the, um, you know, as a tribute band to Andrew Wood from uh, Mother Love Bone. Uh, do you actually have a listen to uh, Mother Love Bone yesterday? This is unrelated. I'm just going on and on now, aren't I? I do this every time with my number you ones. Do. You always do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I listened to Mother Love Bone yesterday and they're, they're pretty good, to be fair. If you like, you know, proper early grungy sound, then um, yeah, go for it. Uh, but anyway, since then, Jerry Cantrell <laughs> has said the song and Wood's death, um, it almost foreshadowed all the shit that would go on in the long career of um, Alice in Chains. Really, really dark times for this band, you know. It's the, they never really had it, you know, especially for their friends and stuff. So obviously, uh, you know, the death of Andrew Wood and then the death of their good friend, Kurt Cobain. Uh, and then eight years, eight years later, uh, the death of Alice in Chains singer, uh, Lane Staley, who died from an overdose. Uh, and then, of course, you know, another good friend of the band in 2017, uh, the suicide of Chris Cornell. So, yeah, yeah, it's not been uh, it's not been happy days for um, for Alice in Chains and their friends. All the genre. Real strange, all the genre, yeah, the of course, genre, yeah. yeah <laughs> this is a strange fact, though. I don't know if any of you knew this one. So, Lane Staley, the uh, the singer from... <laughs> Are you both awake? <laughs> Go on. Well, this, is a, this is a sad fact now, right? So Lane Staley, the singer from Alice in Chains, um, he's, he was dead for two weeks before his body was found. And his body was found on the 5th of April, 2002. Kurt Cobain shot himself on the 5th of April, 1994. Whoa. I mean, you've got a one in 365 chance, Chris. It's not that big of a... And, oh, yeah, things happen. <laughs> yeah. You could probably pick all 365 days. Oh, that's when the singer from Mud Honey died or something. <laughs> oh, Mud Honey's still going. Yes, we talk about are. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you don't listen I to that. <laughs> yeah, now they're going to listen to us, aren't they? Like, uh, the, like the Seinfeld guy. <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can, I can just, just picture Jack Black going, Planet of the Grunge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I want yeah, to see song... Jack Black talk about grunge music and just, uh, yeah, just finish it off. And that's just all the grunge. That's why I want to finish it. No, he went, grunge tried to defile the metal, but grunge didn't win or something like that. I should don't we listen know. to this song? Yeah, I think <laughs> you should listen to this song, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what it was? It was, uh, it was Wood by Alison Chains. Yes. <laughs>
Richard, that's Alice in Chains. That's really heavy. <laughs> it was, that was more on the heavy rock, uh, more metal glam. Yeah, it, it really is. It's just heavy, that Chris. There, there was, there was the, the, the distort, the grunge feel, but it, it kind of felt a little bit... Heavy? American rock, <laughs> early days. It's not American, no. It's, it's grunge. They're from Seattle. It's grunge. They, they, were, they, were, they were one of the forefathers. They're, they're credited I mean, as being yeah. one of the big four as well. So. One of the big four. There are only four. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> one of them is Alison Chains. Grunge, grunge, definitely grunge. How are you going to top that, Richard? How are you going to top it? I'm going to top that by playing the one and only grunge song. It defines the whole genre of grunge. If this song didn't come out, grunge wouldn't exist. It would just all be classed as like heavy rock and American rock. Right, that's how important this song is to the fucking genre. Yeah, that's right, boys and girls. You've all guessed it. It smells like Teen Spirit by the great Nirvana, released in 1991 and reached the dizzying heights of number seven. Anybody top that on their releases this time round? Number seven in the charts? No, there you go. See, no, that's, that's fine. So if it looks like Teen Spirit, tastes like Teen Spirit, smells like Teen Spirit, it's probably Nickelback. How you remind me? <laughs> well, <it's laughs> question. Quick question, boys. Does anyone know what smells like Teen Spirit actually relates to? Sweaty teen parties, <laughs> and that that's always been my sort of uh, your take as it. well. Yeah, like you know, teenagers' bedroom sort of smell. Links and juices. Probably the biggest rock and roll song of all time is about Links Africa. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> and juices, Chris. And juices. And juices, don't, right. don't the juices. <laughs> so, j- jizz and Links Africa. But no, 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 we've all been wrong for these last 20 years. No 30 shit! Years, 30 years. <laughs> For the last fucking 30 years old, this song. It's nearly as old as me and Michael. <laughs> no one near your age, Chris, don't worry, mate. We know. <laughs> fucking but anyway, this song is actually about a deodorant. So I was right, Links Africa. No, it's a deodorant called Teen Spirit. But a bit of a really? backstory. Yeah, but a bit of a backstory to it, okay? So, Kurt Cobain used to date the lead singer of a band called Bill Bikini Kill, a lady called Torbe Vale. They split up. And then, after they split up, um, Cobain and the lady called Kathleen Hanna, who was the... <laughs> not sure about my voice here, because it's just the both lead singer of Bikini Kill. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's just gone badly wrong. Anyway, he <laughs> went on a night out with uh, a lady called Kathleen Hanna, who the, who the facts say was the lead singer of Bikini Kill, but that, that can't be right. I don't know what's going on I don't know who this lovely lady is anyway, but I'm sure she's a lovely lady. So, yeah, they went out on a night out. They were only young. Proper got on it. Um, Cobain sprayed God is gay um, on a sidewall of a religious centre because apparently, apparently, air brackets here, boys and girls, they were posing as an abortion centre and then when the women were turning up, they were, they were saying something like, you're going to go to hell type thing for abortion. Yeah. Which is quite, quite actually relevant even now today as America have just fucked about with the laws once more mm-hmm. fucking Travis DeLego <clears throat> dickheads um, so yeah he wrote that on the wall and they went back to Kurt's apartment she, she was smashed and she, she broke a lot of stuff in his apartment and started graffitiing all over his wall in marker pen and on, on one of them she wrote Kurt smells like teen spirit which was the deodorant that his ex-girlfriend used to wear ah. so it's just like, it smells like that and then 
a couple of months later, after she wrote that on the wall, she felt bad for breaking shit in his house and stuff. But a couple of months later, he rung her up and said, do you mind if I use that line in one of my songs? She's like, where the fuck is he going to fit the line? Kurt smells like teen spirit in a song. That's where it all came from. That is a very, very interesting, that is a very interesting fact. That is what we're here for. We are here for the facts took a while to get there and definitely got muddled up in a minute oh fucked it up royally all the way through but it's a great fact it's it's something that you know a song that i love i've never really given much thought of because i just assumed it was about the smells of teenagers rooms and stuff that's totally wrong next one next little fact for you there's there's fucking millions of facts in this song i'm just going to give you two because we haven't got all night yeah get on with it man come on you don't get me talking like this (laughs) no no i can only apologize (laughs) but the next one so the line here we are now entertain us is something that cobain used to say when he entered a party Ah. that's That's a cool way to enter a party so from now on boys whenever i go to a party whether that's a fucking wedding more likely a funeral these days or i'm just Ballsing into Michael's house, I'm going to walk in and go, here we are now, entertain us. It's pretty badass. It is pretty very badass. badass, yeah. In which case, Michael will then, you know, turn on the PlayStation and ignore me, probably. Mm. When have I ever done that? <laughs> you've, never, you, you've never been able to ignore me, pal, I know. I know I'm one of those annoying itches that just won't fuck off. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hadn't actually ever heard of Nirvana until we um, started doing this episode. Well, no, I mean, it's just part of a small movement called grunge, which wasn't very big and it was only around for a short period of time, but they probably defined the entire genre, to be fair, Chris. It's, uh, but like I say, it was a pretty non-essential <laughs> genre that kind of went in the blink of an eye. Yeah, fleeting moment, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah and created absolutely. probably the biggest rock and roll song of all time. And, and oh, person. Just, and just jumping back, this was the album that I did steal off my stepdad. And I didn't steal it because I knew who Nirvana were. I was quite young at the time. I stole it just because I liked the album artwork, bizarrely. A little naked boy <laughs> with a dollar bill. <laughs> One of us were going to say it. Yeah. I think it's more because I thought, that baby's drowning. What the fuck's this going to be about? <laughs> and you How weren't far wrong. Swim? Why would you put a baby under the water? What the fuck is wrong with people? I then found out that actually babies apparently are quite good underwater. Yeah. Many years later. It's when they get older that they get worse. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, shall we shall we listen to this uh, unknown song by an unknown band in <laughs> an unknown genre? I think we should.
wise man I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing Tired of living like a blind man I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling And this is how you remind me <laughs> Beautiful. Well, what a way to end. What yeah, I was I was gonna line that up for as soon as you said Nickelback, uh, as soon as you said Nirvana, and play it. But I thought, well, uh, I'll leave it to the end. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Nickelback gets some stick, don't they? You give it them. I do. Yeah, I think they probably deserve it. Even though I've got one of their records as we and were. And then in the background, you're secretly love them. Like, oh god, they saved metal. These ones, they saved it. Oh, they saved oh, metal. What about this? Nickelback saved metal. I'm sure you said it in the past <laughs> at some point. What? They've got nothing to do with metal. Metal didn't need saving, especially not by Nickelback. They've got a few metal songs. Also, can I point out that um, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" is a lot heavier than that Alice in Chains song I played. That's yeah, all. but it's grungier. It's grungy, <laughs> and the vocals aren't heavy either. It's just, it's not, and it's not constantly heavy either. It just sort of kicks in just to get you like a little head bop, and then chills out again, and you know, nice and mellow. It's still heavier, and you can't just say it's grungy. It's grungy, <laughs> it's it? Well, it is. Yeah, we still haven't worked out what grunge is. It's like grunge is dirty. It's just like <laughs> that song. That song is grunge. Distorted It is grunge. I'm not gonna not gonna disagree with you there. It's you know, it's no, the, it is the grunge. There's nothing else. That's it. Everything else made is nothing. Is nothing compared to that song. That is grunge. Yeah. All right. So yeah, listeners, don't bother listening to our playlist then, because um, it's pointless according to Richard. Just listen to a. Uh, well, even you said bit. that my other songs weren't grunge. So you know, obviously that one is the only grunge song. <laughs> yeah, there are two other people here who picked you know five grunge songs. He chose fucking REM. Everybody hurts. What's that about? It's not grunge. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if you chose Everybody Hurts. That's probably more grunge than Celebrity Skin. Shut up. And 1979. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think we're at the end. That was, uh, you know, that's a nice way to end. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that a bit more than I, I thought I would. <laughs> this is your episode. It was my episode, you I know. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't think it was going to be as, uh, as difficult. <laughs> It's difficult, but it's, you know, you did have your five songs chose quite quickly. You, you might have yeah. tinkered a little bit, but you you did. You was pretty much set straight away. I was. Ma- straight Michael, away, yeah. Michael went away, and I don't know what he did. He just sort of <laughs> found these absolute mon- monstrosities of songs, and then thought, "I'll throw a bit of uh, Nirvana in there just to make it look like you know I've done a bit of grunge here, you know." And then <laughs> yeah, you just got uh, now. Now that's what I call grunge, nineteen ninety-five. And put the first five tracks on. That's exactly it. That's how I do every fucking playlist. (laughs) And once again, boys, I've got it right. Uh, No, no. Well, you know, I'd like to have some feedback. If you you listen to this, let us know. Let us know the best list there. I'm pretty sure it was me. I just hope there's no true grunge fans who've listened to this and it's just people like me who have dipped a tiny toe into the waters of grunge. I mean, it's not a very big pool, let's be honest, but just dipped a tiny toe into a small pool. It is a tiny and short-lived, but, you know, a pretty extraordinary moment in music, Grunge. I don't think there'll ever be anything like that ever again. It just sort of came and went and, boom, just sort of, you know, changed, changed the world in a few days. It's mad. So, so yeah. Uh, what are we doing next? Oh, shit. So, I was <laughs> thinking we go further back in time. Further oh, than we have sake. been ever yet. I'm thinking... 40s, 50s. Oh. No, no. 
we've done 60s before, I think, 40s, 50s. And I think... Like it's gone. But we've done we've done that with Fallout. Do we have to do that again? It's well, yeah, but it was different. That was different. I I do want to go swing though. Well, I'm sure there's a nice car park near you, pal. Where you can't. <laughs> That's the wrong one. I suppose dogging's a form of swing, isn't it? Swing. <laughs> I don't know, mate. You'd have to go and ask him. I'm sure there's a purist that'll give you the uh, ten reasons why it's not the same. <laughs> As he's trying to flop his member through your car window. So next episode, we're going dogging. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing some. (laughs) We're going to do some nineteen forties dogging. (laughs) This sounds brilliant. This is going to. This is going to be. We're getting as niche as you can get here now. Swing. Right, okay, let's do it, man. Let's fucking do it. I don't know, like Richard. Can I borrow now? That's what I call swing 1940, please. Of just so I can get the, the first five tracks off it. <laughs> I don't know what you'll broad- do, man. Can we just broaden it because it's going to be quite difficult to find 15 swing tracks. I reckon. <laughs> can we broaden it out a little bit to like just swing genre over like the years? Oh, what about jazz? Is is swing like <laughs> rap pack and stuff? I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, Frank Sinatra. Okay. Uh, you know what? Actually, I might be all right with this then. Yeah, well, you, you don't play by the rules anyway. That's true. <laughs> Get ready for a bit of Robert Williams swing when you're winning. Getting dropped in the <laughs> yeah, three lines will be his number one again. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I think that's it then, isn't it? Anything else left to say, boys? It's fucking hot. It is boiling. It is boiling. We're not used to it, Michael. I know you are. I know you, you know you moved to that climate, but it's, it's not fair on us. You've got the aircon as well. I hate you. Yeah. I actually hate you. Fan. It's on a Fan. 23 degrees. Hey, best bit. It'll be colder than that when I get there, motherfucker. <laughs> I like it about 18, mate. <laughs> I bet you do. Oh well, let's fucking go. Let's go. <laughs> let's end it. Yeah. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, I hope you enjoyed this uh, this episode a bit more than Richard did. Um, I, I for one really enjoyed it. Some brilliant songs. Um, as always, there's going to be a link to a playlist featuring all the songs uh, that will be in the description of this. I'm sure it will, Michael. Yeah, that's correct. All that sort of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, until next time when we're going to be dogging and swinging all over the 1940s. Stay safe, everybody. And the 50s. And the 50s. Yeah, stay safe. Be good. Uh, go to Instagram and follow at Man Cassettes and join the conversation about grunge, a short but extraordinary moment in music history. Thank you very much. Peace. Fuck that stuff. <laughs> <laughs>